1: In terms of stars, our closest neighbor is Alpha Centauri, which is in fact a three-star system. The Centauri triplets are located a little more than four light-years away from Earth. So the light you'd see if you looked into the sky tonight began its journey right around the time Trump took office. Jordan Peele's get out was a box office smash, and COVID-19 was only a concern if you happened to be a Chinese bat. Photons, waving and particling their way across the cosmos, come together to create the tapestry of visual phenomenon in which we find ourselves forever tangled. It is by the light of the stars, our beloved sun especially, that our evolutionary ancestors learned to differentiate light from dark, and from there more complicated patterns, spectrums of color and whirls of texture, all contributing to our perceptions of friend or foe, good or bad, this or that. After the stars taught us to see pictures, we looked up at the stars and saw pictures of our own creation. We populated the night sky with beloved characters, like Krabby, Jug of Water, Bow and Arrow, and who could forget the twins? Now, granted, a lot of these constellations look more like, um, well, lumpy triangles than their namesake images. But the human imagination is powerful, and we projected not only shapes and stories onto these unfathomably distant lights, but developed an elaborate belief system about how these stars shaped our own stories in return. Now, this may come as a shock considering my prominent role as a wizard and the immense popularity of astrology, but it's not really my bag. Most of the time people try to say something about my personality based on my chart. It feels no more accurate or insightful than a random handful of vague statements. Some of them land most of them miss, and I can never really sit comfortably with the idea that what month you were born is the secret force dictating our personalities. That being said, I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. I'm well aware that loudly proclaiming, ugh, I'm not into astrology, is one of my own personal patterns, and after sitting through approximately 10,000 conversations consisting of, oh, you're a Scorpio? that makes sense. You're such a Scorpio. I'm a Gemini. And like, I'm such a Gemini. I figured it was finally time I overcame my animosity and tried to learn more about what these confounding constellations have to say. But every time I ask someone to explain astrology to me, my head starts to spin faster than our eternally revolving planet, and I leave more confused than I started. So when I heard that blogger, knitter, and prolific author Nikki Vandekar had written a book about astrology for kids, I thought, okay, now there's someone who can explain astrology to me like I'm five. Nikki's new book is The Junior Astrologer's Handbook, A Kid's Guide to Astrological Signs, The Zodiac, and More. Nikki has a very open and unorthodox approach to astrology that is perhaps more permissive than some traditional astrologers might agree with. But for me, I found Nikki's take to be refreshing, and I really appreciated her belief that how we position ourselves in relation to the zodiac may say even more than the star's position relative to us. But I will warn you, if you're a hardcore astrology junkie looking for a deep dive on star stuff, mm, this isn't that. This is a skeptical wizard's first baby step onto the stairway to heaven. We'll take additional steps in future episodes going deeper into the strange geometries and ancient histories that gave birth to the cheesy pickup line, Hey baby, what's your sign? But for right now, let's turn our gaze upwards and learn how to kind of do astrology. Oh hi Nikki.
0: Hi Devin.
1: Welcome to Ritual Space.
0: Thank you, I'm so happy to be here.
1: What is our magic word going to be?
0: curiosity
1: oh that's a good one all right on the count of three one two three curiosity, curiosity.
0: <laughs> all
1: right why curiosity i'm curious about why you chose curiosity
0: well um because that's actually the perspective that i went in tried to go into most things with but specifically with astrology so um full disclosure, I was a little skeptical of astrology. <laughs> it just all kind of seemed like random happenstance and assigning all of these traits or experiences to people that had to do with things that seemed so just arbitrary. Why these constellations? Why not other constellations? Why, you know, like, it just was sort of imagining old white men making this stuff up to make themselves seem more powerful, which I don't probably not true but that's what i decided
1: (laughs) oh yes yes i should take the throne because the stars Exactly. exactly exactly yeah and yes full full equally full disclosure i am still very uh skeptical and it's just you know of the many areas of magic i think it's not you know it's not like you have to buy everything and you no. can kind of do it like dim sum and and you know pick what you want on your plate out of the vast menu of occult items but astrology is one that's never really resonated with me and as it's increased in popularity i've found myself grumpily sitting on the edge of many a conversation of people talking about astrology talking about how oh that's such a cancer thing to say and <laughs> i was delighted that you have written a book about astrology for children and so i thought you would be an excellent person to explain astrology to me and help answer some of my questions in a way that doesn't immediately get off into um, complex geometry and (sighs)
0: squaring trines yeah i can't i I can't handle that Uh, if you're looking for like a true astrology expert with the, the things and the maps and the i that is just way too complicated for me and to to me there's just there's more math than i like in my magic
1: (laughs) if if, if anyone's listening to this and they would prefer we're so sorry yes (laughs) a, a deep astrology thing um here's what you do log on to social media throw a rock you will find somebody who's talking about astrology and you can go uh listen to them but yeah. this is this is for people who are maybe a little bit skeptical but maybe want to have an open mind and are curious about
0: exactly this is the astrology curious podcast yeah,
1: there we go so let's i mean you, you kind of i think uh, they, they probably weren't white i think astrology goes back far enough i think it does I, yeah it, it was different groups but i'm curious i'm um, what you can tell us about the origins of the astrology system as we know today.
0: Oh, it's, it's old. Um, that's, that's basically what I know. <laughs> it's, um It, it goes back to, I mean, the way that I think about it is that we are all of us trying to understand our place in the universe all mm. the time. You know, I look mm-hmm. every once in a while, it hits me, right? Like I just look up and I'm like, you know what that is up there? That's, space. (laughs) That's just outer space that goes forever. And we, I, a big part of my magical, you know, practice is feeling a connection to for me, mostly the earth. I think that when I think of like the universe, it feels too big and I just start, you know, feeling all bad about myself and like I'm too small for anything to really matter. Even-
1: in um in <laughs> Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books, that's literally like a torture device. They right. Have. Like, it's, it's like a chamber that shows you the blown out view of like, this is how truly big the universe is and people go insane.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you would, like when you really think about it, it's just like, well, Jesus, what, what's the point of like doing the dishes today? Because oh, <laughs> none yeah. of it matters. Um,
1: what's the guy, what's the writer's name? Uh, Bill Bryson that wrote like walking in the woods and a yeah. bunch of other books. He has a book about um, a short history of nearly everything, something like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the chapters is about just like, how big the solar system is and he talks about like if the sun is a golf ball and then you're moving out in this like imaginary high school gymnasium it's like you're miles away when you get to other yeah like i forget the exact thing maybe it's the size of a basketball but like but it is very staggering far. and that's just <laughs> our solar system right. that's just like the the planets that we're homies with much less the like incredibly distant stars that make up one piece of a constellation we're looking at
0: yes yes and they like it's not like those stars are in physical reality anywhere close to each other they just look like it based on our perspective
1: yep and they and and we're getting the light that has traveled for an unfathomably long time to get here so those stars could be gone like right. those stars could have
0: could have died with the dinosaurs and we're waiting Taurus. to learn. Yeah, yep. it's not there anymore. It's fine. <laughs> like, yep. So all of that is to say that I think we come at astrology because we are trying to find our place in that impossibly large, impossibly mysterious, just everything that, mm-hmm. that the universe is. And we're trying... We're trying to feel that, that we are impacted by it. And the reality is that yes, we are, you know, no matter how small we may feel in, you know, when we think about this, it, it all does impact us. I, I'm a big believer in like the butterfly effect and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Every, every action we take, however small matters somewhere, somehow, and whether that star is dead or not, the light that it is shining is is a guide of some way. And there's no way you can look up in the stars and not feel that they are powerful, even if they're perhaps not as specifically interested in our daily lives as astrology sometimes makes it seem like they are.
1: <laughs> well, it, I think I think you raise a really good point because... You know, another way that light is beamed into our eyes is through media and television. Yes. And an actor two years ago, you know, was on a soundstage somewhere and it was captured. And then now it's beamed into my eyes when I watch TV. And that changes how I think about myself, what I'm going to do today, all of these other things. Sure. And so it's there's not necessarily like a gravity effect, but there is the starry sky makes up the background of the human drama on which we are enmeshed. So I think you have a great point that it's, um, it's, it's, it's here, like the lights here, it's affecting us. We're seeing it, we're doing something with it. So I think that's a very interesting take.
0: Yeah. And that, that's, that's kind of been my perspective on it where I'm going, you know, we can all decide that we are small and we don't matter, or we can decide that what we do does matter even if our mm-hmm. lives are so insignificantly short compared to that of the universe or, you know, whatever, we, we still have an impact. And that is cool.
1: <laughs> Basically. I think it's, I think it's very cool. So how does that like, like, you know, we're, we're, we're very broad at this point. Yes. Like, how does that, how does that come down Let's into this in. wacky yeah. cast of characters? It's like, it's like friends, except, you know, it's a bull and a crab and a couple of twins. And how, <laughs> like, how did we end up with this weird?
0: I don't know group? who chose these ones, to be honest. Yeah. I think they're just really um, easy to see in the Northern hemisphere. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they, they do all kind of move in order across the sky. And that uh, that's, that's actually what defines the Zodiac is where they are in position, you know, depending on the time of year. So, all right. We're going to do a, a little math now. The When you think of astrology and you think of your sign, um, what is your sign, by the way? I'm a Taurus. You're a Taurus. Okay. Well, no wonder you don't like it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: That's literally the line that I get all the time. i <laughs> so I'm
0: sorry. Like, I don't
1: think astrology is real. And then someone's like, what are you, a Taurus? And they're like, oh, typical. They're like, yeah. All right.
0: Um, So that that, that's actually your sun sign, the the Mm -hmm. sign that we label our sign is just a sun sign. There's a billion other signs, but we're not going to go that deep. Um, There are really three that I think personally are the most important. Your sun sign is where the sun was positioned at the time of your birth. So what um, constellation it aligned with. So Taurus was where the sun was when you were born. But there's also your rising sign, which is which constellation was coming up over the horizon at the time you were born, and your mm. moon sign, which is where the moon was when you were born. So I think that taken all together, they become, uh, they just give a much better picture of, of what we can glean from this. And listen, astrology, as far as like, what's your sign and what does it tell you about people? I like I like I like all of them. I like a Myers Briggs. I like a, an Enneagram. I think they're fun, <laughs> and they. Oh
1: yeah, Hogwarts houses. Hogwarts yeah,
0: like... houses. I have gotten into some serious fights over a Hogwarts house. <laughs> Ooh,
1: what's your Hogwarts house?
0: I'm a Ravenclaw.
1: Okay. See, I'm I'm a Slytherin, and I am an avowed Slytherin defender. I think I think they get a bad rap. In the they
0: do teams, get a but... bad rap. You get it. You well. This is a little off topic, but you got to read some um, some Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy fan fiction if you want to get some good Slytherin.
1: I've, I've read um, Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality, which is like a novel length one. And yeah. uh, it, 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 it imagines if Harry's, instead of being raised by the Dursleys, his aunt Mary's basically like an Oxford professor. So he has this like, you know, totally like NPR kid upbringing and then he approaches hogwarts with this very hilarious like how does everything work i want to take it apart like like i want to look into the magic i'm not skeptical of it i just want to understand it and he immediately realizes that ron is useless and has no no advantage for being friends with ron but draco is malleable and has social capital that he can exploit and so he like joins slytherin instead and they they do a good job of showing the Gryffindors as being kind of bullies kind, kind of not of,
0: great yeah
1: kind of not great like kind of like jackasses that are always uh trying to show off and trying to like prove themselves it it's it, like Gryffindor is actually way more fratty if you
0: yes if you it is it. yes it is that's why I am a Ravenclaw I have no part yeah. in any of this <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay so anyways a so topic
0: the- <laughs> um but yes, so taken together, those signs give you a broader picture than like a Gryffindor or Ravenclaw. Um, so your your sun sign is kind of the core of who you are, which is why we tend to focus on that one. But, now just
1: just yeah. so I can understand, like yes. the the you know, the sun is in the middle of the solar system and the earth is pointing uh, away from it or at an angle as it as it rotates around and, and moves around in the circle so our, like when we say that's where Taurus is like we're saying Taurus like, well, the, like so the is sun an... passes
0: through the like even in the daytime mm-hmm. we the the sun is passing through certain constellations that are up there we just yeah. can't see them so you know I'm, I'm doing like an arms thing for an audio medium yeah. but um <laughs> but my arm is pointing up at the sky. And so there's the sun. And then behind the sun were it dark, I would be able to see Taurus.
1: If it weren't hiding behind the sun. Right. Got it. And then for this whole period of like April and into May, if you, if you point at the sun, Taurus is hiding behind it. Yes. Got it. Okay. And now for the moon sign, the moon is moving all over the place. So like on a single day, is 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 where the moon is changing or it's it still based on the time of the year?
0: This is where we're getting into the more math than than I don't that that okay. I don't get into as much with the angles and stuff. But yeah, basically so a moon, the sun signs have these like these month-long things that we can all kind of recognize. Mm-hmm. The moon sign thing, it's why you just type it into the internet and then the internet spits it out because somebody did all that math for you. um i don't think it because yes the moon moves a lot faster i don't think that it's a month-long thing like that but you can still it's still telling you where the moon was at that time
1: got it so we've got okay and then there's the rising one which is on the horizon yes and okay and so what what do these three tell me about myself or other people
0: yeah so We've, we've focused, I think, as a culture on the sun sign because it's supposed to be the core of who you are. It's the best pickup line. Exactly. However, see, as, as a Ravenclaw, I'm more into my moon sign because that's my innermost self.
1: Mm, gotcha. So, so
0: that's a better pickup line for me.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and then the rising sign is, I guess, more your Gryffindor if we're going to continue with this. Um, it's the part you show the world, which could be okay. Slytherin too, actually.
1: I mean, it's your external shell. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. So all three of those things together make up how you move in the world. And that's why sometimes like it doesn't always, fe- your sign doesn't always feel right. Like for instance, I'm a Leo, but I'm also an introvert, <laughs> which people yeah. are like, that's not possible. And I'm like, no, it it is. <laughs> and... My husband is born on the summer solstice. So what is he? Is he a Gemini or is he a cancer? You know, it, it's mm-hmm. like right on the cusp. So those nuances are, uh, they're a little, they're, they they just kind of help you understand the picture a little more. So like, for instance, I don't know if you do this, we read the, the newspapers kind of like daily horoscope paragraph every morning. And it invariably tells me that I should be going out and partying, which is kind of my nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, you know, it, it usually is telling, Oh well, God, there was this period of time when it was telling me that I needed to, um, I needed to look into having an affair with an authority figure. And I was like, Oh my Ooh. God.
1: <laughs> that, that reminds me of one of my all time favorite uh, fortune cookie fortunes. Uh, and I'm sitting with a friend from high school and we're at the restaurant. We like, you know, open our things. And he goes, Devin, you've known me for a while. Would you say that I enjoy physical sports? And I was like, no. No. And then he holds up his fortune. And his fortune says, you enjoy physical sports. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do I?
1: <laughs> Do I? Also, like, is that a fortune? That's just like a, a statement. Yeah. Um. So I think that's like, if, you know, if I put on my more skeptical hat and i'm a wizard i have many hats some of them are pointed some of them aren't yeah and if i put on my more skeptical hat this is one of the areas that i run into it where it's like i often feel like a lot of the statements that people make based Uh on signs do not fit me it's not often that i get it i'm like whoa that's really like reading me in like an accurate way that feels like it's on point yeah and it often feels kind of like a um like a bad magician doing a card trick and yeah. they're like, is this your card? Is this your card? Is this your card? Is this your card? And then, eventually they, and then eventually they get to it and they're like, ha ha! And I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you say enough general statements, I will be like, Ooh. I do enjoy food and would like to express myself creatively. Like that is true. And so I think that's where I kind of run into my own resistance As other systems. Like you mentioned the Enneagram, even Myers-Briggs. Yeah. I feel like it's easier to say like, cool, those are patterns and I get to choose where I slot myself in. Well, that's but true.
0: It's not assigned to you by. It's not assigned random. at birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that's a big thing of like, I went into this uh, a bunch in my book, the junior astrologer's handbook where I'm going, look, if you don't feel like a Leo, which frequently I don't, I, I think I'm a Scorpio, um, (laughs) then that is fine. And you should, you, you know, play around with them and, and see like what you, what works for you, what helps you. It's just meant to be a tool. It's just meant to kind of help you navigate relationships because we all do fall into personality patterns there's a reason we're always trying to find like our hogwarts house or whatever um and your sun sign might not be like really all that helpful and i'm gonna give you i'm gonna we're gonna get a little bit more in the weeds (laughs) great There are actually shades of nuance within the signs themselves. Um, They're called, they're called decans. So if you're born in the first third of the sign, the, the month long period, that's one decan. And then the second third, that's another one and the third. And each decan is ruled by a different planetary object like Jupiter or Saturn. And they have an impact on how you participate in that sign i guess is how i would want to say it so for instance a cancer who's born in a mars decan would be a little more aggressive than we normally think of cancers as being Mm. so okay let's see what when when taurus are you i'm
1: april 28th
0: april 28th okay hold on okay You're in the Venus Deccan. So that, what I would say, you know, the way that I describe it is that you have a lot going on inside you. And sometimes you have some conflict within you. You're stubborn, like Tauruses are normally described as being, but you're also more creative. You love what you like and you hate what you don't like and you don't do anything halfway. And if you get an idea, then you're going to make it happen.
1: See, that's the interesting one is like, again, some of that resonates and some of it doesn't. Like, I definitely, you know you know given a free saturday afternoon will immediately like pit myself against myself and be like ah i should just relax today and take it easy or i could use this time to get a project done and then i'm just like in confrontation with myself about like <laughs> oh no should i like get a project done and feel like i'm like my own taskmaster or should i enjoy this and like feel guilty that i'm not getting something done and like i've i've, I've had to learn how to navigate that but I, I i reading your book there was a lot of stuff about the taurus being like kind of perfectionist and like if you start something and you finish it and I that do not feel like you. I do not finish everything <laughs> I start I I like to leave lots of half ideas and partial projects in my wake so yeah but um but it's 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 fascinating because it's just getting more and more popular all the time so I think you're it there's clearly something that resonates with people and
0: yeah um I think I think we like to feel so so, for instance, like when I say I don't identify particularly as a Leo, I think I'm a Scorpio. It's fine. Yeah. People in my life go, uh, "Honey, yeah. <laughs> they they go, um, no, dear, you're yeah. you're really a Leo. It's o it's okay." Um, and I don't know. I don't. You know, I think that there's there's a way. So most of my books are written with the intention of exploring something, being curious about it and seeing what you can take away from it and mm-hmm. also recognizing as with all magic that there are I don't believe there are any hard and fast rules. Yeah. Some someone somewhere some point in history decided that we're going to start with Aries and we're going to you know we're going to move through and they mean these things and that I'm sure it's evolved over time as we have, you know.
1: Oh well, like had I mean there's there's now astrology stuff about pluto and then pluto is
0: pluto not a planet anymore it's <laughs> not a
1: planet but then now there's like i think i think they even do stuff with one of the other planetoids as we call them mm-hmm. and also i mean it, it's it's fascinating that yeah i mean there's the classic planets but um some of the some of the deep cut planets only they weren't known about in classic times so it's constantly evolving exactly. it seems like it's a kind of like odd couple match of astronomy and astrology and they're like you know they're trying to work with the same information but they're they're doing very different things with it
0: right which is what i like about it actually i know that that could be a controversial statement but i like that it's evolving and moving as Mm. we gain more information and as we as uh i'm using culture like really broadly because astrology is contributed to by people all over the planet which is another thing i like about it yeah um it we just go, okay, I think that now, I don't even know which planetoid or what it means. Like, I was like, that's ah, too far for me. Um, But, like, th- this, you know, new planet, it's going to do this because it has this aspect, you know, that, that we need to manage. And, and, okay, we're a little more in the weeds, but there are, have you heard about houses? Yes. Okay.
1: Do I understand houses or fully like get it? No, because I think I think the other thing that I have a hard time with is that everything there's there's the planets and then there's the zodiac signs. And I feel like they layer where it's like, ah, you're a Taurus in Venus. Mm -hmm. Venus is is the planet of gemini which is in the house of mars mars is mm. and then it's just like i'm like i'm like wait like it's the same two sets of things but they're endlessly combining and i just get lost in the fractal yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. then it just gets all fractaled and crazy yeah. um so i think of the houses in the same way that i think about feng shui actually mm-hmm. so you know how in feng shui there are different areas of your house that um manage certain parts of your life. So like your mm. relationships, your work, money, whatever. All that kind yeah. of thing. My so-
1: bedroom, my office, my giant Scrooge McDuck money vault. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so think of the houses, the 12 houses of the Zodiac, as being the the Feng Shui, you know, bogwas of the sky. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs>
1: yeah, sure.
0: And um So they, they, they manage different aspects. So like your, your first house is the house of the self. Your second house is the house of worth. Um, So on and and so forth. And I can go into them, but like, they're all basically things that we do and live in our daily lives. And talking about, you know, sort of the historical evolution of astrology. I can't imagine that, that, you know, like, what some, some of the things that we do in our daily lives now are probably not so much about what we did back in the day. <laughs> and-
1: well, th- th- that's an interesting thing because I think we, we very much situate ourselves in the present and then look backwards and project what we want to see a lot of the time. Sure. And so, so much of our modern idea about, you know, new age magical culture is about, self-transformation yes. and believing ourselves in our role as an individual yeah and like i don't know how that fit in into I a mean, traditional collectivist in... society that was <laughs> yeah like back in I
0: times they were probably just looking to make sure they made it through the winter
1: <laughs> yeah they were trying to make sure that they didn't get a, a famine or that the king was born on an auspicious date and like you know stave off black sorcery that was going to cause all your cows to die like yeah i i think the idea that every every magical practice was a way to like you know, journal so you could find your true passion and make it into a full-time, you know, career via Instagram is like, is, you know, that's not quite what I think it was.
0: There's there's a little bit of overlap of uh, the self-help world coming into the the magical world that's a bit like, well, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. They, they've definitely run kind of smushed into each other.
0: Yeah. Um, that's absolutely true. And... That's, I think, a, a way where we have evolved astrology to meet what our needs are now, which is a lot more about self-actualization for most people who participate in astrology. Uh, this that's, is not true of people all over the world, but for most people who participate in it, it's going to be about self-actualization. It's not going to be about survival.
1: It's not about trying to ward off, you know, black sorcery that's going to affect your cattle.
0: Right. That just, uh, I don't think that's happening too much. It could be, but no one's mentioning it on Instagram.
1: <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I i, I hope there's like a, a, like a much more traditional astrology app that's for like cattle ranchers in Texas and they're looking I up a horoscope that. and they're like, oh, all right. It's got none of this. Like you're going to meet a tall, mysterious stranger or like you should have a fling with an authority figure. It's that's like, right.
0: Toss your farmer's almanac, get your astrology exactly. back Get up your astrology
1: app. Exactly. <laughs> The Lone Star State, right?
0: <laughs> um, Yeah, so that to me, that's 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 where I'm going with this is that astrology keeps moving and changing to fit what we need it to be. And that's that there's an argument where that's like, well, that's because it's fake um, mm-hmm. or. There's an argument that, well, that's because that's what we need it to be. That's because that's what we get to do. We get to decide what has meaning. We get to decide what has power and magic.
1: It's really, it's, I love the way that you're putting it. Cause it almost makes me think of um, like, like, I mean, you wrote this book for little kids. Like if, if you ever had a little kid explain their game to you and they're just <laughs> insisting on things and they're like, blue is for this because it is the strong one and it's got all the power and red is over here because it's only if you're hungry and you want to make lunch and they're like we have decided that these colors mean these things and this is the way it works and i mean i think you know like half of magic is spreadsheets. If you look at old magic texts, like <laughs> we love, I mean, you know, and this is not just in Western traditions. It's like, we love to say, all right, this element goes with this thing, which goes mm-hmm. with this constellation, which goes with this. And I mean, it gets insane with, you know, tarot decks where it's like, ah, I've tried to map the Hebrew alphabet onto the <sighs> alchemical symbols, onto the Zodiac, onto this, onto that. Yeah. And it just gets, Tarot's it gets definitely
0: an example of like, you know, that was a card game that we all just made go crazy. And I love Tarot. I love yeah. Tarot. But that that was a card game. <laughs> there's there's not any like magical history there that, you know, That is anything other than what we decided to
1: make it. It's an Italian card game that we have evolved in that way. That was inspired by um, trends and iconography and Renaissance art. Absolutely, that's one of those ones where I I, see. That's the thing that I think is so cool. Like I I don't think it's spoiling the magic. I love saying, "All right, I'm being told by this person that the tarot is an ancient book of Egyptian magic that has been (laughs) transmuted into pictographic (laughs) form and." (laughs) I don't think that's true, but I'm curious where that story came from. And I'm also curious where tarot actually came from. And I think those are both interesting things. Like you said, like there's one thing that is more rigid, which is the history. And history is not always that rigid either. It's, you know. No, we, it's, it's a, as it's you a say, story. we're looking
0: back. We don't know.
1: <laughs> it's a story told by people who have power looking at clay pots that they found in the dirt. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the, the story that we then create out of it and, and tell on top of it. Um, the interesting thing here, though, is for, I think, modern occultism is so very, like, loosey-goosey in so many ways. Like, there's more people getting into traditional practices where you have to be initiated and you have to do it the right way. I am a wizard who is very much in the other school of, like, you got to figure out what resonates with you and do your own thing. Mm-hmm. And especially with our culture now, getting away from... um you know what you're assigned at birth has to stay with you whether it's a gender role or any of these other things exactly I feel like I have not yet heard anyone be like you can just pick whatever zodiac sign you want I feel like all my astrologer friends are like nope nope no 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 no
0: I'm gonna get fired from the astrologers club for saying that but I that's actually what I feel I feel like we do get to choose if if there's if there's a a You know, whatever practice we have, whatever magical practice we have, if we have one that is disempowering, I don't want Mm -hmm. to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Or, I mean, or I think, I think there, I think magic is a conversation between the things that we can't control and the things that we can. And it's about finding ways to empower yourself to say, hey, this this story that I've been telling myself about how I can't do this thing, that's really disempowering. I'm, I'm going to change that story. Yeah. I'm going to come up with a way to like reinvent that story and say that, well, now that I have a magic rock in my pocket, that's no longer a limitation that I need to worry about. And then there's also things where it's like, wow, this really sucks. I can't do anything about it. How do I accept that and, and, and work with those limitations and mm-hmm. not I think that's where I have a problem with a lot of new age stuff where it's like, you can do anything. And it's like,
0: eh. There's only also... so much a magic rock can do. Let's be Yeah. Known. And
1: you know, like, you know, like you're a human being in a vast complex system. Like, you know, like I I, I don't want to tell someone that they got cancer because their thoughts weren't positive enough. I, I think that's. Oh,
0: you just, <laughs> you just hit right there on the thing that makes me the most enraged about yeah. all of that. The The law of attraction, I think is a way to just make people blame themselves for, for yeah anyway for I everything for everything I I, yeah I, I yeah
1: absolutely <laughs> and i think with the zodiac that's the thing that's always rubbed me the wrong way is like wait i'm this because you know i was born on this date i mean at this point like people like doctors decide when people are born like they induce labor you know yes, like, it's
0: true. like
1: yeah. are you gonna have a different kid if you're like hey doc can we wait a week <laughs> i'd rather want, have like
0: half let's let that rising yeah. sign come on up yeah <laughs> we just like our other
1: kids a scorpio and he's a little shit so we'd really <laughs> rather not have another scorpio baby
0: well honestly like just to have sex a couple months earlier then like but...
1: i mean i i am 100 positive astrology couples are out there and they're like <laughs> for sure all right. What is your cycle timing, and how does that match nine months out where yep. we want to fall into a chart? But I like that you're the um, astrology anarchist, and you're saying that we can actually uh, kind of pick and choose from this and, and do what we will with it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a tool like any other. You know, for tarot, I think is a really really good um, comparison because tarot is cards with pretty pictures. Mm-hmm. It's never tells you anything that you're not telling it, right? You, you're, you can get this book and flip through it. And the book says, well, this means that, but you, you're the one, you're doing all the heavy lifting of applying it to your life. And also that book is not like I'm, I'm working on a a book of, of, of tarot um, interpretations, but the point I make over and over again is that the book is not like, It's not the Ten Commandments. It's not set in stone. Your your tarot reading becomes better the more you put your own interpretation on it.
1: Even even a book that gives you that list, someone still selectively decides. Like, you know, it says these ten different things. Well, I'm gonna interpret it this way rather than that way.
0: Yep. It's always got somebody's stamp on it. And the only stamp that is ever gonna be truly accurate to you is the one that you put. And I think that is true. Yeah. And I think that's true across the board. Everything.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think I think that's a very important and empowering distinction to make of you are the one that is deciding to do the tarot reading. You're the one that's deciding how to interpret the cards. Even if there's the element of randomness, which is a very important part of it. That's why yes. I, I like tarot, because I think sometimes the cards will point me to a part of my uh, psyche or understanding of a situation that I was not ready to admit to myself. Maybe and it's not nice, really but it wanting just,
0: to talk about just, that. Just rubs my <laughs> face
1: in it. And I'm like, okay, that's um, that's that's good insight. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I, have, I frequently, when I'm done with the reading, I'm like, well, fuck you, tarot. <laughs>
1: Yeah. But I mean I think that's the thing too. It's like somebody who really identifies with their star sign um or their their sun sign um it's because they have chosen to identify that. Yes. The same that somebody who's like my whole personality is I'm just a bitch deal with it like has chosen to be a sassy bumper sticker instead of actually thinking (laughs) about like
0: who they might be as a person sure
1: who they might be as a person and like where that is you know a good thing and a bad thing I mean I think I think that is one of the things with the the Zodiac is that you know I could be like oh cool like I'm a Taurus I'm stubborn I do resonate with that one I do see how I can be an immovable object in debates from time to time that's a good thing For me to be aware of and not just go, I'm going to pick all the best things from the Zodiac and just make myself like a giant, you know, frozen yogurt with everything on it of all the best stuff and just like get rid of all the, the, the bad parts that I don't want to admit.
0: Yeah, I, that's, that's an important thing. I think each of the signs, um, they're like, okay, you got this issue, you know, this is, this is something you have to deal with. You know, there's none of them where they're like, you're just the best and everyone loves you. Yeah. Um, they all throw a little bit of a pain in the ass, and that's okay
1: now you wrote a book about astrology specifically for children. Yes. why do you think it's important for children to be exposed to to these sorts of ideas, especially since you have such a radical take and you're not um <laughs> you know bowing down to the horoscope columnists of the world?
0: right um the first the number one reason is that I think it's fun yeah. and uh you know, I wrote um, last year. I wrote a book called Junior Witch, which was sort mm-hmm. of bringing kids into this whole world. It was, so it was much broader. And then I followed it up with Junior Astrologer because I just there's something about astrology that oh, this is this is mean, but we've been a little mean. Um, hey,
1: I'm I, I yeah. This is <laughs> this is the podcast where you get to be mean and you don't have to be all love and light. Like, I mean. <laughs> I don't want to be cruel, but I'll be, I'll be, I'll be shitty in a fun way.
0: I don't, it's a little juvenile because Mm -hmm. it's so, because a lot of the time, as we've talked about, it can be very simplistic and it can be very like ordered. And so, yeah, I think that, that some of astrology, like I think it appeals to kids because it's fun and, sometimes that structure can be really valuable though. So the age group for this is the age group of my daughter. I typically Mm -hmm. write for her or for me. Um, And so we're looking at like 10 to 12 year olds. That's an age as I recall (laughs) where I was trying pretty hard to figure out who I wanted to be
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: what it meant to be who I was. And I was looking for some structure on that. I took an online quiz. Well, like, it was dial up, but yeah. um, I t- I took quizzes whenever I could. I and I looked at the stars a lot. I mm-hmm. wanted to find out what my place was in all of that and
1: in this vast, unfathomable cosmos.
0: Yes, and the vast, unfathomable inside of me that I was still <laughs> trying to figure out. And they they felt equally Im- unfathomable and. I think that astrology is a way to start navigating that. I think you're right that if you leave it at like the bumper sticker version, then you've definitely not gone deep enough, but it's a place to start.
1: And I think, I think, I think you're totally right that it's a place to start and you want to get deeper. But then I also feel like we talked about with the tarot cards, that personalities don't fit into spreadsheets. Like you're, you're not always going to benefit from, more information or like more contradictory like oh but then there's this other part and there's this other side and there's this other side and so i think finding that depth of understanding is is a really good exercise in general
0: have you read um the there was, <laughs> the golden compass
1: oh my god that's so funny um i was just talking with someone who just asked me that like 10 seconds before we started the call oh my
0: god Um, interesting i
1: i I have not i just i just recently was injured and in my recovery i read the entire narnia series okay and then i was joking that i was gonna chase it with like the atheist fantasy series. you should
0: you should i should i totally good follow-up
1: yeah it's it's on my list um uh to, to get i i think i i think i tried to read it while traveling once and i like read part of the first book but um anyways
0: well there's there's a she the golden compass itself is something that the the main character who is a young girl uh Mm -hmm. 10 or 12 thereabouts she it spins around and it moves through these shapes and it talks and she has to kind of the way i think the way philip pullman describes it is she descends down into the meaning to find where she needs to land for the truth of this answer because a shape that the the compass lands on could mean one thing, but then there's a deeper layer, but then there's a deeper layer, but then there's a deeper layer. I'm
1: picturing one of those things that kids would play with that are like 10 to 12, where it's the folded paper, where you do the The little fortune teller thing. the, The little fortune teller, and you like open it and go deeper. Yeah. But
0: imagine that it just like, so you open one and it tells you to do this, you open it again, but this one, it just keeps opening, right? Yeah. And that is i think how i would want to approach astrology and and anything where you got to keep going you got to keep looking staying staying in a you know feeling of curiosity and you know then stopping at the layer that feels right for you at that moment which it could change
1: we live in a world of pictures and so going down to the pixels can give you more information but it also can
0: distort yeah. It
1: can distort and make it unruly, and also, you know, if, if if someone's like, "Here's a picture of my granddaughter," I'm going to show it to you one pixel at a time. You're like, "This is <laughs> cool. This is not helping me understand who your granddaughter is or like what she looks like." Yeah. Um. Awesome. Well, let's move into the the part of this ritual where we break a little piece of this uh this wisdom and conversation off for the listeners at home. And so, I would love for us to craft a spell. Uh, for people to take their own anarcho-astrology path and, and chart yeah. their own way for, through the stars.
0: I think it needs to be something about choosing your sign. You know, mm. you might end up choosing this, the sign that you're assigned at Perth, um, but maybe not. I think that there, I, I like the idea of kind of loosening the, the, the restraints a little bit on, you know, what we get to decide.
1: I like that. I like that idea too, because you like you you nicely lay out the you know it's the three part thing. Yes, and I'm, I'm I think I think trinities. If we're if we're talking about organizational tools, I love having a trinity. You get to have two things that kind of oppose each other, and then one that kind of throws that duality off balance. It's great. Yeah. So I love the idea of like like you know go find one of these online resources. There's a billion of them, and make your own like fantasy football draft of like, what would be your, <laughs> how would you define yourself with a, a a sun sign, a moon sign and a rising sign?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Oh my God. I'm going to do this. And now I, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to lead the charge for like, I'll get into astrology, but only on my own terms and be the person that I'm like, this is my sign. And then later people are like, why is your birthday in April?
0: <laughs> yeah. You're like, Oh, well, you know,
1: because yeah. <laughs> I think outside of the houses, baby. <laughs> Don't try and try and me. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to draw mine up, and uh, yeah, I think if you want to make a little magical symbol of it, you can put um, you can draw like a triangle and put like a symbol yeah. on each on each side. So, um, I'm gonna do mine, and I I'll, I'll let people know at the end of this episode, so I can I can share the results.
0: I love that. Oh, I'm <gasps> just picturing it right now. Yeah, you could draw your. Your constellation in each place, or the fish, or whatever.
1: Exactly. Awesome, Nikki. Well, thank you so much for being part of this magic. Thank you. For more of Nikki's magic, visit Nikki Vandekar, that's car with one R.com, or pick up her books, including the Junior Astrologer's Handbook, wherever it is that you buy books. And as promised in the episode, I did our spell, and I looked through the Zodiac to see what resonated with me. And I gotta tell you, I still had a hard time, even picking and choosing and playing the game the way it's not supposed to be played. Finding personality descriptions that I thought really resonated with me and really accurately made me feel like, ah, that's me. But I did my best, and I'll say that I kind of feel like I'm a Sagittarius sun sign. A Gemini Rising with a Moon in Libra. But if you want to know my real Zodiac, you'll have to take me out to dinner first. Or join our Patreon at patreon.com/slash this podcast is a ritual where I not only post exciting bonus content, early sneak peeks of episodes, get guest requests from listeners, and host monthly virtual wizard gatherings, but I'm gonna go ahead and and share my own birth chart with this episode so you can steal my astrological social security number or just learn about what makes me tick if you really think the stars are ruling it all. Until next time, keep that gaze upwards. But maybe your feet on the ground too.